Today, we talk to licensed therapist, author, mom coach, and mother of four, Amber Trueblood, about how we could take control of our stressors. For many of us, stress could sometimes feel unavoidable and never-ending, and we forget to take a deep breath and get a hold of what's pushing us to our limits. Through her new book, The Unflustered Mom, How Understanding the Five Anxiety Styles Transforms the Way We Partner, Parent, Live, and Love, she helps us go from flustered to flourished. We read the books, we bought the things. We thought we were ready. And then life took our plans and changed them. I'm Karen, I'm Victoria's mommy, and I work in tech. And I'm Pamela. I have a baby boy named Ford, and I'm a journalist. And although we're both first-time working moms, we're actually pretty different. And that's totally okay. Because we both agree that our most important work is raising our kids. We really need each other and can only get through this together. Welcome to Motherish Moments. Hi, Pamela. Hi, Karen. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Motherish. I am extra happy today. Karen decided to go away on this, like, I don't know, like a month vacation. No. I don't even know. Who I'm, does that? Who I'm, does that? Are you serious? And they were like, it was Peru no. and then Argentina. And like, I don't know. She's been gone for a long time. She's back. I'm happy. I missed her. So I'm just, I know. This it was is funny because my... towards the end, like at the beginning of the trip, every story was, oh, this is so pretty. Wow. Enjoy. You know, safe travels. Amazing. Great. Delicious. Towards the end, I'm like, okay, enough. Just come home. Like, I got, I'm I, yes. Come I got, home. I I'm got like, this a little bit from people, but. But also someone was like, oh, I'm going on this like long vacation, whatever they posted. And I'm only going to post a little bit of stories because, you know, vacation stories get old real quick. And it made me so self-conscious. I was like, maybe I won't post my vacation. And like people hate it. And now you're saying this. No, so whatever. I I'm sorry. That long, but. I know, but it's my summer of freedom. I it's know, my, you know, for context to our guest who's already listening, I was laid off in May and I have time and I have, you know, I was given the gift of a little bit of time. So I'm living it up. Yeah. Whatever. Do you, do you girl? Do yeah. you? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so when you were gone, no. I was dealing with life. I'm <laughs> so my son is getting ready to start a new school. He's going to big boy school. I tell him um, he's going to start pre-K three, which is like, you know, his first major year in a big school where I'm hoping he stays for a long time. So, you know, one of the first things I have to do is go get his new uniform. So I go to the store, which by the way, it is such a racket that they have because you have to buy it at this one specific store. Oh and then this one specific store has like a monopoly and almost, I think it's like 80% of the schools here in South Florida. They What's have to have a deal. business venture, with, Pamela? Yes, with the school. Uniforms. Because I kept looking, I'm like, I could find this for like, one eighth of the price mm -hmm. but you know it has to have the logo and it has to be from the store but it was such a sweet moment so you know you can identify the name of the school you find the school and then they have them obviously in size orders so I'm standing obviously by the smallest possible polos you could buy because you know he's the the first gear and then I had this mom come up to me so I'm like kind of like looking through the shirts and looking for his sizes and then she looks up to me and she's like because I'm looking up at the racket and she's like oh I said the first year so I'm holding on to like a tiny polo I'm like yeah he's starting you know junior pre-k you know three he's like and then she shows me her she's like I'm buying his senior year it oh, goes by me. so and it was the same score it goes it goes by so fast and then she gets like a little tear and then I get a little teary and it just became like this emotional moment of like oh my god while you're spending $300 on uniforms I know and overpriced like, uniforms <laughs> I know I don't know it was just sweet and I know people say it all the time it goes by yeah. fast enjoy it and uh, you know and 
I always tell people the same thing, but I really feel when I look back into the way that I have approached motherhood and, you know, my time with Ford, I really have enjoyed every single season, like every single day, every single moment. Like, and I don't know if we have like mom amnesia, we've spoken about this before, but when I look back, I was like, oh, that wasn't that hard. Like we didn't have it tough. Like someone said, dad looks at me and he's like, are you crazy? Like, <laughs> I'm like, we had an easy baby. No, like he was no. so easy. He I was don't great. He's amnesia. amazing. I really have enjoyed everything so much that I feel like it's forced me, I guess, to forget some of the struggles or the hard moments. But this season specifically, I am so excited for him. And um, I'm a little emotional because, you know, he's going to big boy school and he's becoming more and more real. The uniform is in the house. Everything's already pressed and ready. And I don't know. Now I'm just enjoying like the last two and a half weeks of a break. Of course, that's how you feel. Of course, you're so ready. I know. <laughs> I'll make my mother's moment short, but Victoria, you know, is a world traveler. She, she's in this new phase, which I really don't know. So, okay, her new thing is that she'll ask me, Mommy, give me your phone. I'm like, for what? Because like, this is not, you're not getting screen time right now. Like, blah, 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 whatever. It's a constant battle, right? She goes, no, 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 no. I just want to take pictures and I want to take videos. And I was like, oh, okay. All right. I can do that. Creative little outlet. So she is now recording herself. And so she'll just turn on the camera and she'll record. And she's like, hola, soy Victoria. Like, blah, blah, blah. And like, next thing you know, I have a four minute video on my phone, which now I'm like diving into all these videos. And I'm like, what is she even talking about? Like, she just goes on and on. And like, I low-key was like offended when some people are like, oh my God, she's a mini Karen. Ha ha ha. And I was like, I don't do that. Like, I don't do that. I will like take a photo of something and post it on a story, but I'm not but sitting there. What a blessing that you're going to have all these videos when she's older and you could look back and see her and hear her and her, see yes. her little voice. Mm -hmm. And there's moments I'm like, I just want to capture his little voice and how he says things. And, and also the oh, $40 a month that I'm going to have to pay for iCloud storage or Google whatever storage. Like it's a ridiculous. But yes, I appreciate that I'll have this. But like when I do a video, I like lock myself in a room like quietly because I'm terrified of doing these things in front of anybody in my house. So like she doesn't see me doing this. It's not like I'm like, hey, guys, everybody's asking me about my. No, like no one asks. Where are they getting this from? But they're so observant. But now and I'm they... like really self-conscious. Like, do I do that? Yeah, I'm sure you do. I'm sure she's I don't it. Like, Hi, everybody. <laughs> I don't do that. Like, I don't know. I don't know. But this is her thing. And it's so freaking cute. And like, also, I love it. But, but I don't know. They're like a new generation. They're different. But anyway, that was my motherish moment. It's a new world with her. Amber, do you want to go ahead and share your motherish moment with us? Yes, I will. So we too got home from a vacation, but it wasn't as luxurious and wonderful as, as it sounds like yours was. It was, it was a trip. I definitely came home and canceled a different trip that we had scheduled. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which because I was like, oh wow, 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 wow. Okay, this is um, this is a different situation. I have four boys, mm. and they're ten. 12, 14, and 15. Ooh. And so, you know, we have ideas in our heads sometimes about how trips will function. <laughs> and so I had in my head planned this trip and I was like, I don't think that's going to go down so much like I anticipated. So, but that wasn't my moment. My moment was I came home, opened the freezer and everything was defrosted. No. The refrigerator was done. Like it just gave up. And <laughs> I was like, no. No, like it's hard enough to like replenish the fridge when you get home from a trip and like deal with all of that. But like also, I don't know if it's been defrosted 
for two hours or four days. So I have to get rid of like everything. That's so much money. I, also, I have like, one three year, I mean, three year old boy. I can't imagine what the food looks like for four <laughs> older boys. It's insane. I'm not going to lie. They like, eat a lot, right? It's insane. Yeah. Yeah. And yesterday I took two of them to go do this climbing thing. And I was like, okay, you guys can do this, but, you know, please fix yourself some healthy lunch first, blah, blah, blah. I come home and nobody's fixed themselves a healthy lunch. They was like, no, 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 I ate, I ate a tangerine and a yogurt. And I was like, that's not lunch. We it's both like know that's not lunch. Don't <laughs> yeah. even pretend that was sufficient amount. And my 12-year-old was like, so what constitutes a lunch then? Like a protein? And I was like, yeah, like what we normally have for lunch, like a protein, a carb, some fruit, vegetables, something. Come on. Come on. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, but that's still very disciplined. I feel like if Victoria were a, like 12, she would be like, mom, I had goldfish and deal with it. Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we're pretty strict about food and they know that. So, uh, you know, it's one of the things we're super lenient about certain things, but like food is is one of the ones good, we're pretty strict good, about. Good. <laughs> Let me formally introduce Amber before we dive, you know, deep into this conversation. So she's a licensed therapist, author, mom coach, a mother of four, like she mentioned, and she just launched this new book. So congratulations and also on this book. Oh, thank you. I love the title, The Flustered Mom. Why do we get so flustered? Okay. It's okay, right? Like you're not alone if you're out there and you're feeling and you're in that moment right now. Please remind everyone it's okay. It's normal. (laughs) But why is it that we get so flustered so easily sometimes? Yeah. Well, I mean, it makes there's like 80 million reasons. Right. And that's what results in the fluster. And a lot of the things I talk about in the book are when we do that transition from no children to children, (laughs) you know, certain things are set up to alert us to trouble, right, to potential like harms. Right. So we're all about keeping ourselves and our baby because at first the baby's inside you if you And even if you're doing like adoption or surrogacy, like there's all kinds of new stressors and new things that are going to alarm you and concern you and give you anxiety along the way. But particularly if you have your baby inside you, the weird thing is that meeting your needs, your physical needs, your needs for food and nutrition and rest automatically keep your baby fed and rested and safe, right? Keeping yourself physically safe keeps your baby physically safe. Keeping yourself emotionally calm and relaxed, right? Keeps your baby, keeps those chemicals, those neurochemicals that are in your brain are also filtering through his or her brain. So like, you know, okay, like this is hard, but at least our needs are aligned. And then all of a sudden the baby is like outside your body, And now not only do meeting your needs, does it not automatically take care of them, but sometimes, often I'll say, it's in conflict, right? Like I've got to get up. Yes, it's so good. (laughs) You know, people will say, sleep when the baby sleeps. Like, you know, (laughs) give me a break, right? Are you kidding me? Um, So, and sometimes you can, and if you can and you do that and it works for you, awesome, no judgment, right? But The expectations often is what kill us. I remember when I was pregnant with my first, somebody who, a good friend who had had a baby a few years before me, (laughs) I'm like laughing thinking about it. I was all stressed because I wasn't sleeping well. I was like, I can't sleep. I can't get comfortable. I'm too big. Like, not that I'm too big, but like I'm too big to sleep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I was saying this to her and she looked at me and she was like, Amber, you're not going to ever sleep well again. (laughs) And- 
And she's just a jokester like that. But here's what it released in me. That expectation that I somehow magically should be able to sleep eight, 10 hours a day right now when I was pregnant. And I couldn't. And so I felt frustrated. I felt guilty. I felt, you know, what's wrong with me that I can't make myself sleep right now. And so when she said that to me, it just released that like that expectation that was just unrealistic. Mm-hmm. And so what can we can release those unrealistic expectations? Oh my gosh, that alleviates a lot of the fluster, a lot of the stress that's just frankly not serving us. It's not helping us at all. And I'm all about like your busy mom. Let's do what works for you. Let's have reasonable expectations that work for you that might not work, right? Like what works for Karen is not necessarily what works for Pamela. Now y'all are friends, so you probably have a lot in common, but I'm guessing there are things that, you know, emotionally trigger one of you. <laughs> We're that so different. It's like a yeah, day yeah. in the park for the other, yeah, right? You know, sure. like, you know what I found so sure. interesting now that we're talking about how different things were for different people is you mentioned in the title of your book about anxiety styles. I never thought that there were different styles yeah. of it. I mean, can we elaborate, elaborate. a little bit? Let's dive into that. Because, yeah. Let's dig in because really that's what the book is about. It's really about helping people understand that what emotionally triggers you is not necessarily what's going to emotionally trigger your partner or your kids or your boss or your best friend. And like on the surface, we're like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. But it goes deeper than that. Like we all have different kind of core values. And that's what either lights us up and really fills us with joy if it's being satiated, if we're like in alignment with those things, or when we don't have them in our life, that's what can cause anxiety, overwhelm, fluster, frustration, resentment, all of those Mm -hmm. things, right? So it's about getting really clear and honest about what's my anxiety style? What really drives me? And then how can I show up in a way that aligns my time, my attention, my resources, my money, my my energy towards this, what's going to light me up a little bit more. Not at, We don't have to throw everything out. There's plenty of stuff that I do every day that I don't like to do. Yeah. <laughs> but when I add just a few things that are really, really super aligned with what's important to me, then all of a sudden these little things that I have to do, like cooking and cleaning and driving people around, <laughs> a lot of the mom things, suddenly those become neutral they're not draining me anymore. They're not creating fluster and anxiety or frustration or anger, resentment, right? So really the five anxiety styles is understanding yourself and the people around you because you can have a little bit more compassion for others when you realize, oh, that's why you're so upset. It doesn't have anything to do with me. It's because these plans just completely disrupted your entire week and you're an executive So there's, I'll say the five, they're lover, fighter, executive, visionary, and dynamo. I'll go into kind of the core drivers on all of these. And there's a quiz. So, you know, I'd love for people to kind of guess at what they are. You know what, it's so funny because I love the five languages of love. Like I, you know, I gift that book, I read it, and it helped me so much understand how other people love and what their love language is so that then you could love them better. You know, and then you could be more empathetic and patient when they don't do certain things. And it was for me, it was so 
basic but so eye-opening to really yes. identify those five mm-hmm. you know the, the five ways that people show love and want to be shown love and I don't know so I, I love that we're breaking it down to these five styles yes okay well next I mean like Pamela this is going to be the book I think once you've read it that you pass out to people because it's the same framework it's the same eye-opening framework because it's simple but we don't know this going in, most of us. And so once it kind of unlocks the door to better understanding ourselves and others, we're like, oh, oh my gosh, that just saved me 50 arguments in 2023. <laughs> awesome. Great. And also like feeling down about ourselves, right? Because like the love languages, it's like, why is this person not showing me? They don't ever touch me. They're not hugging me. Mm-hmm. They're not sitting next to me. Meanwhile, your partner's going around, you know, fixing everything in the house nonstop, thinking that's how they're showing their love for that's you. That's me. And all you want them to do is like sit next to you and look into your eyes and be like, let's that's just hang out next to each other. That's me. my husband. <laughs> okay, so the five anxiety styles, same idea behind it, right? Except for it's a little bit more on the what is going to trigger somebody emotionally, what's going to cause them to feel anxious, to feel frustrated, to feel resentful. And how can knowing that allow you to better meet their needs, their emotional needs, and then also not take it personally when they're not meeting yours so you can communicate about it and be like, okay, here's what will help us both. Okay, so let me, I'll explain like briefly each briefly. one. Yeah, yeah, so we can okay. all, so, so everybody lover, needs to dive into the book after this. So it sounds like you are maybe the lover, Karen. So lovers are all about their not only their interpersonal relationships with the people they care about, but it's deeper than that. They want to feel loved. They want to feel like people like them and want to be around them. And so where that serves you, because each of these can create these, what I call superhero traits, where it serves you is you're probably very observant of people. You know when people are not doing well, when something's off with them. My guess is they tend to be really good at reading people, right? You tend to show up for people, be loyal. I mean, you did go away from your best friend for a long time on vacation, so I don't know, but no, I'm just kidding. Questionable. Um, (laughs) But you were with your family, I'm guessing, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's all about time spent with others and your connection with others. But where it's not serving you sometimes, lovers will tend to, so say a bunch of your friends went to, you know, they went to dinner, some girlfriends or some people from work, and they were posting pictures or whatever, and you didn't get an invite, like you were already back from your trip. And where lovers who are not really self-aware will tend to go is, oh my gosh, like maybe they didn't want me there. Like maybe I'm too much for them. Or maybe like one of them is angry at me or did my kid, we had a play date, did my did my daughter say something to their kids? And, they, and you know, are, are the girls having a argument? You know, and your mind just will start to spiral. And that's where it's not serving you. So for lovers, each of these also has a life lesson. The lesson is, Moving from a place where your value as your self-esteem doesn't come from the actions or words or looks or behaviors of others. It comes from intrinsic sources. Like, you know you're worthy of their love and respect and kindness and time, regardless of what they say or what they do, right? But that's a, that's a longer-term lesson. Is And so in the book, I have a lot of both kind of what I call preventative strategies and what I call in-the-moment strategies to reduce stress and anxiety specific for lover moms so that you can begin to feel really, really secure 
and a lot of self-love and still show up for all those people you love to show up for in your life, right? Because that's what soothes you and that's what drives you. Totally, because okay. it, yeah, you show up for people so much and then eventually your cup is empty and then you're like, oh no, and then it's easy to spiral into all of these right. things that you're saying, for sure. So I'll do executive next and that way I can do a little example between the two, but executives tend to, and I'll go quicker with the other ones. Executives tend to be motivated most and driven by their need to feel emotionally safe and secure. And they tend to do this through planning, organizing, kind of controlling what's to come. <laughs> they tend to be more up here in their heads, making decisions very logically and practically and not so much from their gut or their heart or in the moment, right? They want to see, you know, they want to understand it up here first. They also tend to be more future oriented than in the moment. Now, you said you're really in the moment with your son, and that's where kids can help executives a lot because you can't help but be in the moment with a little one, right? It's, it forces you. Pets are the same way. Being out in nature is often the same way. So there are strategies like that that we can do as executives that really help us tune into the moment a little bit more often. Also, creative stuff can be really helpful for executives. Doing creative projects that you're not already really good at. So if you happen to be a painter, I'm not talking about finishing your next painting. I'm talking about doing stuff that's a little bit awkward and uncomfortable, like doing a dance class if you don't dance or doing a painting class if you don't paint or trying to learn the ukulele when you've never, you have no idea where to put your fingers. Like doing something that doesn't have a right answer or a wrong answer or a goal. You're just doing it to have fun. You're releasing some of that structure. And then you're learning like, hey, that was actually fun. Help me connect to the moment a little bit more. Help me connect back in my body. So if an executive, for instance, like Karen, say your partner is an executive and is like, oh, I'm going to be, I'm going to be home late. I have a project for executives. That's enough information to give you. Like, hey, I'm letting you know. I'm stopping what I'm doing. I'm letting you know I'm going to be late. I feel like I'm an executive too. I, yeah, I think yeah. you're an executive for sure. <laughs> so for lovers, you know, if you're in a partnership with a, an executive, for instance, and so say you come to, Karen, you come to Pamela and you say, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Like drop everything, get a babysitter. Like I just got 24 hours. Like I just got a free hotel room. We're going to go, we're going to do this. It'd be so fun. For Pamela, that might be like, hold up. Like that sounds amazing. But right now you, I have stuff literally like cooking on the stove. I have plans for tomorrow morning. I already did this. Like that is just like, that's too much. And for you, Karen, for lovers, that might be like, that's the best thing in the world. So for, to have somebody you care about react that way, Unless you know that they're an executive, they need a little bit of time to shift. They might need to prep. They might need to say, okay, I can go with you, but literally I can't leave till after dinner. Like that's just too much for my brain to hold. I want to spend this time with you because you know as a lover mom that I need to tell you that. Like that sounds amazing. I would love to go to a hotel with you. I just cannot get my head around leaving in five minutes. Like I, I can't do that. I have to shower like that understanding one another's core drivers and what feeds them can help you then, right? Communicate what you need. Hey, I need to cancel this or dude, I can't do it this time. But like, I promise if we plan ahead, I would love to do that. It sounds amazing. I literally like, it's making me sick to my stomach to think of like canceling everything and doing it right now. You know, so it's about understanding ourselves, understanding the other people around us so that we can 
man, save so many arguments and save that that hurt that can come when we were misunderstanding one another. What, what are the other three really quick? I'm okay. Okay. Oh my gosh. I just, see, I could talk about this for like five minutes. <laughs> All right. So dynamos are all about achievement, right? Achievement, doing, going. I call us uh, achievement junkies. I'm one. And so it's very easy to achieve something. And then instead of stopping and acknowledging or celebrating or anything, we're immediately on to the next goal, onto the next goal. We tend to be in our heads. We tend to be in the future like executives, but different than executives we tend to be comfortable challenging ourselves more and more, getting into uncomfortable situations. Visionaries are also very forward thinking, but they're more gut oriented. They're more in their intuition and wanting the big dream. And they don't really care so much about all the little steps along the way, right? They're more ebbing and flowing, right? And for visionaries, it can be tough if you don't have visionaries in your life that understand you, because often you'll have some big grand dream and other people might say, what, your kids are still little. There's so much time for that. Like, don't even worry about that right now. And that can be really disheartening and frustrating for visionary moms to hear and then make them feel guilty for even wanting this big dream and not being totally satiated and fulfilled with what's happening in their life right now. Does that make sense? Oh, and then fighters. So fighters are about the challenge. They tend to identify themselves as survivors and protectors. They tend to go toward chaos toward like if there's a bullying situation if there's an injustice if there's something happening on the world stage or something happening at your kid's school that's wrong that you're just like this is not okay whether it involves you or not you feel very pulled to get involved and the issue with that is that sometimes you're already exhausted you already have zero extra bandwidth and so to take on another fight another challenge is too much. So for fighters, I want them to know that like, you don't have to protect everyone. It is not your responsibility. And it's a beautiful thing that you want to do because maybe people weren't there to protect you growing up. And so you feel very strongly about this and it's beautiful and it's also not your responsibility. So how can you get really clear about purposefully, on purpose, you know, choosing which fights you wanna fight and then on purpose taking care of yourself? right? Because you are also worthy of feeling safe, feeling loved, feeling appreciated. There's something else that you talk about, about people being like addicted to being like overwhelmed. Can you tell us more about that concept? Because when I read that, where we were like preparing for this, I was like, wait, is that me? Like, you know, because I find myself in overwhelming situations all the time. And my husband will be like, you got yourself into that. And I'm like, what? I'm like, I, I do the same thing. Yeah, I do the same thing. And it's about like, and, and so dynamos often have this, I was going to say ability, but you know, this almost disability where, you know, we function and a lot of moms, regardless of your anxiety style, do this where we become more and more adept at handling so much, so much, so much. And there's a certain, let's admit it, pride associated yeah. mm -hmm. with that. Yeah. There's a yeah. certain yes. like, yeah, I did that. Yeah, I know where that thing is. Yeah, I finished that. <laughs> oh form. my God. Yeah, you yes. know, like, boom, yes. boom, boom. Yeah. Carrie you know, is nodding like, her head. Like, she goes back in the holsters, right? So the first step is like acknowledging like part of us gets off on that. Like part of us, it, it is a sense of pride. So the question is, where does it go over that ledge and become a detriment? Where does it go over that ledge of pride and become, now I don't want it. 
now I'm not healthy or now I need a break and I want other people to step up around me. How do I get that support when normally I'm the one supporting them? right? So it's about communication. So there's several steps to, I call it outsmarting overwhelmment. And the first is really acknowledging, where do I really like it? And I really don't want somebody to take that away from me. (laughs) And where is it not serving me, at least right now? And how do I move forward from that? And part of it is what I mentioned earlier, is this kind of idea that overwhelm is related to the number of things on your list or the number of kids you have or the number of jobs you have. It really isn't. I like to redefine it for everybody here. And I'd like to say that overwhelm is the degree to which your time and your money and your energy and your resources is aligned with what really drives you, with what's really important to you. Because how you're spending your time and your energy is in ways that really lights you up and is so important to you. Then it's fun. Then it gives it gives you energy. It doesn't drain you. But when you're spending a bunch of your time and your energy and your resources in ways that you don't really care about, it's not really important to you. You feel like you have to or you feel like you should or you're supposed to. That's when you're flustered. That's when you're overwhelmed. That's when resentment and and irritation and you're like exhausted, right? I was like this yesterday. I was so exhausted yesterday because uh, I had family in town and my husband was sick and I was like, oh my God, I can't do this. I can't do this. I drove to like downtown San Diego and I was like, I could just keep going. Mexico is just another 30 minutes. <laughs> Amber, I have a quick question, Amber. Sorry. Yeah. When, for example, like, I feel like sometimes people that are like, you know, dynamos or they're overachievers, they're used to handling so much for so many other people besides themselves and their immediate family. But like, when do they, and then I feel like they hit a wall, right? And then it's too late. Like yes. they're like collapsing, they're having a breakdown. It's just, when should, or how could they identify, okay, I'm getting close, too close to that to that Do borderline you know like where, this? you know, to the wall. <laughs> I'm guessing you know somebody like this. Yeah, I mean, just to like help them out also and also just help them identify and kind of be like, listen, I, you know, because I feel like sometimes they don't like to be yeah. told right. that they so can't handle that. something or that is too much for them or even how to receive help. There's two things. I mean, there's like 17, but I'll say two here. Um, the first step is, and this is the lifelong lesson for Dynamos, is knowing No matter what you do, no matter what you accomplish next, you're already enough. Like you, you've already, you're already good. Like you are already a valuable, amazing person, human. Doesn't matter what else you accomplish. Now you'll keep accomplishing things because you enjoy it, because you love it, but you don't have to do it. You don't have to do it. So sometimes just that mindset shift helps. Like for instance, I'm already writing a the next book in the series, The Unflustered Family. So I love books. I love reading books. I love writing books. I want to keep writing books for as long as as long as it's fun. However, if I'm writing books from the Dynamo perspective of, okay, well, this one, okay, this one sold this many copies. Okay, maybe I can get the next one to sell 20,000 copies. And then the third one can get on the New York Times bestseller list. And the, 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 that never ends. There's always something bigger, something better, Right. And so if I'm writing books from that sense of like trying to fill a cup, trying to fill some void, first of all, not as fun. Second of all, I don't think I'm going to write as good a books as if I'm compared to me writing books from, 
oh my gosh, I have an idea. Like, okay, I'm going to put this in a book. Like, I'm so excited to get this book out there because I think that when people understand the five anxiety styles, it's going to help them fight less with their partners. It's going to help them have less self-doubt and self-judgment. It's going to help them show up in the world in a way that really fills them up. I'm so excited to share this with everybody. And that's why I can talk about it for five hours. If I write a book from that space, oh my gosh, it makes all the difference in the world. So it's not necessarily about not doing more things. It's about why you're doing them. Right. I'm still noodling on the the pride that comes with like achieving things and how hard it is to let go because I'm pretty sure and I say it with all certainty that when Juan, my husband, listens to this episode, there will be a follow-up conversation for sure. Because one of my never-ending kind of like things that we work on together is how he says it's so hard to help me. Like he's like, it's not that, he's like, it's not that I don't want to. He's like, I'm always available and I'm here. He's like, I just don't even know how to get in because you have a handle on all these things all the time. Like in our home, for example, he's like, and I don't even know, like, he's like, I feel like if I try, then sometimes you say no, like a never ending example. This happens to us often and it always comes up. He'll be like, I've always said like, all I ever want is for you to make my coffee in the morning, like whatever. And then he's like, okay. And like, sometimes like he'll make my coffee And I'm like, not ready for it yet. Like I'm in the middle of cooking and my coffee is not like whatever. And then like the few times, not few, but like, let's say like 10% of the time he gets it wrong, quote unquote, according to him. And then he's like, I just feel like I'm never good enough to like keep up with you. Like it's exhausting to try to keep up with you and like meet you where you're at or whatever, because he's like, you're always at a hundred. I'm curious. Like I I have some ideas. Yeah. Yeah. You ready? Yeah. Okay. So what I would recommend is, but like, if you were my client with this, what we do, we would clarify some categories in that. So sometimes it's, and it really means you being super honest with yourself first. And not that you're lying to yourself, but really sitting and saying, what do I want here? Do I want him to want to help? But I don't actually want him to make my effing coffee because he doesn't always make it right. And coffee is something that's really important to me that's made a certain way and that I get at a certain time, right? And that's okay. That's not, who can you know, yeah. like that's important information to know, but you want him to So is this a category that you want him to want to help, but you don't really actually want his help? That's like A level. And then you can put your different things in that category. Like, is this something that you don't really care? I always say don't delegate something that you need done by a certain time or done in a certain way. Mm. Right? So like if you want the trash cans out by Sunday night at 7 p.m., otherwise it'll drive you nuts. Like, you can try it. You can say, hey, here's the thing. And you got to take ownership. You say, for whatever reason, like, you know, because it, you know, whatever, where when I was growing up, if we didn't have the trash cans out, my dad would never put them out on time. And then we'd have trash on the side of our house. And then my friends would come over and it would be embarrassing because all this trash would be there. Like, we all have baggage like that, right? It always goes down to when I was growing up. Like, (laughs) it's often. So, yeah. It's often. It's often. So if it's something like that, you can say, so this is like a weird trigger for me. I would love your help with the trash cans. But honestly, if it's not going to be done by seven o'clock the night before, then let me know so I can do it, Yeah, you know, or whatever it is. So because I don't want to be angry with you about it because I realize it's not a rational thing, but it's still really important to me you know, and communicating that. So so there's different categories, right? And then, and then if you really do want help, first you, you really have to ask yourself, like, do I really want help? Right. Because 
Maybe you don't. Maybe I don't I know. Don't. Maybe I don't. So you ask yourself. And then if it's like, oh, well, I don't really want help, but I want him to do these other things. Sometimes like I just want company. Is that weird? And you want company. Yeah. No. Okay. So my husband is like this. He just wants me to be in the kitchen while he cleans. And I'm yeah. like, but then, but why? It only needs one person, but it's because of the company. A hundred percent. So you can say that. I just want you to be around me while I do it. And that is out. actually more important to me. So, so this is where the anxiety style comes in. It's not about the task. It's really not about getting help and that you're doing so much that you're flustered. You like to do the tasks, but you want the company because you care about him and he's on your list as one of your most important people. Right, right. It's so crazy because like I feel like I like in in the, you know, 10 years of our of our relationship, I think I've like misled him so many times. And then it's like crash and burn because he's like, I, I don't know, like I'm trying to help you with breakfast. And I'm like, but you're in my way. But like then he doesn't show up and I'm like, why aren't you here? Why are you in bed? And he's like, I don't know what to do. Like poor guy. I drive him crazy. I love that he's still trying. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. I'm yes. glad he's still around. <laughs> it is a lot. That's a lot. So but you have to Clarify, like also sometimes what's obvious to you, like, hey, when I'm like, I'm cooking this one thing and I'm going back and forth from here to here, like, how is it not obvious? Like, don't stand in the middle there. You know, sometimes that's where the frustration comes, right? Like, hey, when you see me running, 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 maybe just like sit over here. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Until I'm done going back and forth and understanding like he's not seeing it. He's not seeing what you're saying. He's just not. And he's trying. He means well, but he needs way more specific direction. And if you say it in a kind and compassionate way, it sounds like he's the type of person that will totally show up and do yeah, it. Yeah, totally, but, totally. Yeah. He, yeah. So if you're like, oh my gosh, I this part of whatever I'm doing is like stressful for me right now, or I don't like anybody around me when I'm unloading the dishwasher, whatever it is, give him a job to do. Give him something specific. Be like, I feel like if you layer these things together with what you were mentioning of like the love languages it becomes so complex but like it can help you really analyze your relationship like we haven't done the exercise like together but I'm positive that his love language is like like affection Access, oh, and like okay. physical, physical touch, touch like all of that because that's always what he's like I just want you to hug me like whatever and then my and I don't mean it in a mocking way Juan by the way like I love you and mine is like acts of service I'm like I did all these things for you and like I go out of my way to think of you and do this for you and and it doesn't so then you add in like the triggers and the anxiety styles and then it's all it's like a puzzle it's like a puzzle right, 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 to right. figure out and I don't want people going away feeling like it's complicated because wh what I always recommend is first of all the very first step is being really is being clear and honest with yourself about what you want and what you don't want and that's step one and you don't have to do it in every single area of your life for every relationship and every category and uh, just start with one thing get really clear about one thing and then you find a strategy so like in the book I'm all about practical strategies so all about it like it's that's a majority of the book because you can have all these insights and it's oh it's interesting blah 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 and then you just go back to your day and what I want to do is have like your day be different and better because of that. So what do you do differently at dinner? What do you do differently the next time you have a conversation with your partner? What do you do differently at bedtime tonight with your child? Like in a way that's going to improve your life, right? That's going to leave you feeling less flustered. So then you just pick one thing. You pick one thing from the book and you do that, right? Like you just do at one thing at a time. And then they start to snowball in a good way. I wanted to kind of close off, like for that mom who's yeah. sitting in her car, sitting in, you know, in the 
toilet or in the bathroom or whatever, the kitchen, wherever they're listening right now. And they're just feeling so tired and overwhelmed and just like stressed with whatever it is. Like, what's the first step they need to take to kind of like make that change? You know, they're kind of like, you know, I'm ready. I'm going to say order my book. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, Uh, And it's on Audible, too. So if you like to listen and you listen to podcasts, you can listen to it. It's called The Unflustered Mom. It's on Audible. But seriously, I have in the book, it's called The emergency emotional support plan and it's something you create for yourself and it's you're going to pick three strategies that are 60 second strategies literally 60 seconds to reduce stress and overwhelm and these are neuro hacks so these are things where you're not like you don't have time to go journal or go for a walk or call your friend or like eat a eat a nourishing meal outside on a blanket like you know (laughs) you, you don't have time for that so I have 60 second strategies 10-minute strategies for when you do have a little bit more time. Okay, I don't have to pick up my kids for 15 minutes. I'm going to get my car, drive to the park that's right next to their school, and do this for 10 minutes, right? Or I have 30-minute strategies if you're so lucky and you have that much time. And you pick. So I give you like, I give you all of these ideas. And then you pick, okay, these are the three things. These are the three things. Three. These are the three things. And then When you're washing dishes and you're just like listening to this thinking, oh my gosh, I need one of those right now, then you go to your list and you'll memorize it quick because you probably will go to your list every day or two (laughs) or more. And and you use those strategies and then you can think clearly again. So do you want me to give you like one of the 60 second ones right now? Yeah, sure. Sure. Go for it. I mean, we might as well because people are like 60 seconds, really? You know, I'm sure they're like, "Uh uh-huh. I don't believe her. Okay, so I'm going to give you one, and you have to use your hands for it. So if you're not driving, um, you can try this. So I want you to put your left hand flat, like a pancake, palm up. And your right hand, I want you to karate chop across your palm. And I want you to hit it, hit your hand six times as quickly as possible. So you're going to karate chop your left hand with your right. One, two, three, four, five, six. And then you're going to reverse it and do the other hand. One, two, three, four, five, six. You're going to keep your bottom hand still and move only your top hand. And you're going to breathe while you do this. One, two, three, four, five, six. 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 One, two, three. Now try to relax your shoulders while you do this and see your, if make sure your face muscles aren't all tensed up. There's a lot of right? things that just cracked and you're gonna, Bella's <laughs> neck right now. I'm like, what? Just, I turn around, I was like, what just happened? No way. Okay, did anybody hear that? Cracking. Yeah, so relax your shoulders, breathe deeply, and you're gonna do that. And somebody once asked me, like the sixth or seventh time that I talked about this, they were like, well, how long do you do it? And I was like, oh, I've never timed it because you can tell when your body starts to release that. And what what is amazing about this is it's a neuro hack. And what it does is it facilitates the communication between your right hemisphere and your left hemisphere. So all of a sudden, your brain waves are communicating more cohesively. So instead of spiraling, oh my God, I can't believe that just happened. Like, I can't believe I got that email or I can't believe this person said that or I can't believe my kid did this or I can't believe I just screamed like that at everybody. Like, what's wrong with me? You're spiraling. This is great for that. You just breathe. Do it in front of everybody. Kids will be like, what are you doing, mom? (laughs) Be like, I just need a minute. You know what's important and you mentioned at the beginning and I wanted to close with this is... It's crazy how when we have our kids inside our bodies, we're so careful about how we're feeling, right? Don't stress me out. It's going to affect the baby. Or, you know, I'm not going to, you know, 
get overwhelmed with this and I'm going to like be in a good exactly. mental space. And then once you're out, like we need to treat ourselves as if there is still inside our body mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it still affects them directly, mm-hmm. right? So like if we're not in a good mental health, it's going to affect your child. If you're so angry, if you're stressed, if you're yes. tired. So I think we should go back and kind of try as hard as we can to take care of ourselves as if our babies are still inside of us. Yeah. I love that so much, Pamela, because... It's true. And the boundaries that we set for ourselves, the expectations of how we let other people treat us. Who we deal with, right? Like, I mean, I don't want to deal with this person because it's not good. I'm pregnant. I don't want to be stressed. It's not healthy. And we're not as protective when they're not inside of us, even though they still have to deal with us and we're still, you know, affecting their mental development and their mental health. I think we need to be more guarded Mm -hmm. and, you know, just protective of ourselves. Amber, can you remind everybody the title of your book and let us know where to follow you? Yes. So it's called The Unflustered Mom. It's available anywhere you can get a book. Um, And it's also on Audible if you prefer to listen to your books. At ambertrueblood.com is where you can get access to the quiz and a bunch of bonuses. So I love recording meditations for people, guided meditations. So I have guided meditations specific to each anxiety style that you can listen to over and over again, and they're short. And then I'm at official Amber Trueblood on Instagram. Amazing. Thank you so much, Thank Amber. Thank you so it was much, awesome. Amber. I have a lot Thank to you. think about. <laughs> I love, to I love it. This has been really fun. Thank you. These will be very helpful, too. 